It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olivia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. And welcome into the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. It is hour number two on this Friday afternoon. Rob Francis and the Greg hanging with you. And we are very honored to welcome to the program retired neurosurgeon, former secretary of the Department of, Hel- of Housing and Urban Development, uh, Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Carson, thank you for your time today. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, Dr. Carson, let's talk about your new book first. It's called Created Equal, The Painful Past, Confusing Present, and Hopeful Future of Race in America. Uh, Certainly with all the experiences in your life, why did you choose this topic, and what what is the outcome that you are hoping for um, by writing and, and having this book published? Well, in recent years, you've probably noticed that uh, there's a great tendency to circle everything back to race and relate things to race that really don't have a whole lot to do with race, quite frankly. But uh, there's an attempt to drive wedges between our society on the basis of race, income, age, religion, political affiliation, gender, you name it. And... uh, the, the use of race is extraordinarily detrimental because we are making enormous progress before we started moving backwards and becoming suspicious of each other and blaming each other uh, for our bad outcomes. And I wanted to really set the record straight. Now, this is not to say that, that we don't have problems in our country. Every country that's inhabited by human beings has problems because people are not perfect. Uh, but you can learn from those past mistakes and move forward. We have a choice of either building our future on our past mistakes or building our future on the tremendous successes that we've had. Just in my lifetime, uh, America has changed dramatically. When I was a kid, it was a big deal when a black person came on television in a non-servile role. You called everybody in, and it was a big deal. And now you have black admirals and generals and CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and presidents of universities, including Ivy League. We've elected a president of the United States twice with a black vice president, heads of foundations. I mean, the list just goes on and on. How can all that happen in one person's lifetime unless there is a tremendous effort to make positive changes in that society. Dr. Carson, one of the things that we hear people talk about quite a bit is accountability. And it seems as time has gone on, we've removed accountability out of the equation and looked for ways, as as I believe you mentioned earlier, about finding things to circle, to, to shift blame on. When we look at some of the issues that we see in the country right now, particularly race-oriented, we will hear loud voices when it comes to certain deaths. Um, 
particularly if it's at the hands of law enforcement. But we do not hear the same cries when we hear of a young child that's been shot down in the street by someone who is of the same ethnic background. Which occurs much more frequently, by the way. It does. Are we losing the battle of getting back to where we were? Where And, and to me, it's maybe somewhere in the 90s. We started growing deaf to the messages of Martin Luther King and others of the civil rights era. Are we losing ground to get back to there by continuing to have people push the racial difference instead of trying to find ways to push accountability forward amongst their own ethnicities? Yeah, well, it's it's very important that we challenge the narratives that are being put forth by uh, those who want to fundamentally change our society. You have to recognize that there are people who don't like our system of government. And in order to change it, you have to create dissatisfaction. And one of the ways to create that is to make people think that things are completely out of control. And uh, obviously, you know, defund the police, let violent criminals out of prison, don't enforce your borders. I mean, all of these things are leading us to a gradual state of chaos. And uh, then they can claim to see our system doesn't work, so we need to change to something else. And people have got to be smart enough to recognize what's going on. I think we also have to start encouraging journalists to be honest, to be fair, uh, to, to report the real news. They're the only business, the press is the only business that is protected by the United States Constitution. Why? Because they were supposed to disseminate unbiased information to the populace so that the country could be run on the will of the people. But how can that happen when the media puts their thumb on the scale and is constantly trying to distort things, hide things that they don't want people to know, broadcast things that they do? You take something like the... Um, the George Floyd incident. It was broadcast 24-7, nonstop, to try to make people think that this was something that was a common occurrence. Well, you know, when you read the book, you'll see that, you know, white policemen killing unarmed black men is a relatively rare event, particularly considering that there are over 50 million police-civilian encounters a year in our country. Uh, but every time it happens, you know, you end up knowing the name of the victim, the name of the uh, perpetrator. Uh, it becomes such a big story. And interestingly enough, as we point out in the book, there was another case that was almost identical to the George Floyd case, where the policeman put his knee on the neck, held him down. Uh, for 14 minutes, the guy said, I'm going to die. You're going to kill me. And they did he died. They killed him. But he was white. So it didn't fit the narrative, and that's why he didn't hear anything about it. And uh, we have to recognize that we, the American people, are being manipulated. Manipulated to resent each other, to hate each other. And we have, it's going to have to be the people who fix this. It's not going to be the government. Governments do what governments do they grow, they infiltrate, they dominate, they control. It's going to have to be the people 
who take their constitution, use it, learn how to vote appropriately, learn who they're voting for. Don't go in the booth, just look for a name that looks familiar, but know what you're doing. This is the way that we correct the situation. We're talking to Dr. Ben Carson, a pioneer in the field of neurosurgery, also the former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development in the Trump administration and author of the book Created Equal, The Painful Past, Confusing Present, and Hopeful Future of Race in America here on The Bottom Line. Uh, Dr. Carson, Greg Neft here. I want to go back to something you said about uh, people being set against one another. When the other side... When their narrative, when their voices are so loud, you mentioned George Floyd. Let's talk about Ben Crump, Benjamin Crump on television and radio 24-7 on the Internet, uh, talking about his point of view. How do you counter that? How do you counter that? I mean, I noticed your book mentions the 1619 Project, along with critical race theory. Their voices, it seems anyway, are louder than yours. How do you counter that? Well, first of all, you have to you have to start. You have to start by doing things like writing books like this. Uh, I go around the country uh, speaking. There are others who are getting involved. I think the American people are waking up. I'm seeing a tremendous resurgence of spirit in America, whereas before people were just standing around with their heads down, hoping someone didn't call them a nasty name. And uh, that is what it's going to take. You can't be the land of the free if you're not the home of the brave. Sometimes that might even mean some inconvenience. It might mean they'll come after you. They don't try to cancel you. As I said in the book, you know, cancel culture is very similar uh, to Jim Crowism because uh, what it does is it tries to set up one group as the superior group whose opinions are all important and tries to disenfranchise the other group. Dr. Carson, you were a teenager during the Civil Rights Movement. You lived through Jim Crow laws. You experienced um, some of the worst that we had in race relations in our country. To those people that say that we are pre-Jim Crow, to those people that say that it's worse now than it was, that this country doesn't provide opportunity to minorities, that is oppressive in nature and is a caste system and and so on and so on. What do you say to those who did not live through the things that you did, that did not see the true second-class nature of how blacks, Asians, Latinos were treated during the Jim Crow era? I say you need to go back and, and study. You need to go back and read about it. Uh, There are plenty of uh, films about it uh, on YouTube and other places. You can easily learn about uh, how despicable things were at that time. But by learning that, you can also see how much progress has been made. I don't think that it's reasonable to try to erase our history. People who want to rename everything and take down all the statues, etc., they don't realize that your history provides you with your identity, and your identity provides you with your beliefs. And that's why when ISIS and the Taliban, they go in and they conquer a place, what's the first thing they do? Destroy the museums and the libraries and the histories of the people. We're letting that happen voluntarily in our country. We need not do that. We need to learn from the mistakes of our history so that we don't do them over again. You know, who would have thought 
that we would have this situation going on in Ukraine. You would have thought that we would have learned from World War II. But obviously, we need real reminders, and, and we really should not destroy our history because we're bound to repeat it if we do. We're talking with neurosurgeon, former secretary of the Housing and Urban Development Department of the United States government under the Trump administration and author of the book Created Equal, The Painful Past, Confusing Present and Hopeful Future of Race in America, Dr. Ben Carson here on the bottom line. And Dr. Carson, I want to go back to something else you said that struck me. You know, we are being set against each other. We're at each other's throats almost as Americans uh, strangling each other, not literally, of course, but still what happens in your mind? In the worst case scenario, if we do just set get set against each other, what's the end game here? What happens to this country? What happens to us as a people? Well, it, it falls apart. Uh, you know, civil war. Uh, it becomes like Venezuela. You know, I had a chance to visit Venezuela a number of times before they changed. It was a very pleasant place. Uh, beautiful resorts and hotels and shopping centers and the, the biggest issue there that the people were always arguing about is whether or not they were the most beautiful people in the world. <laughs> they had the, the best economy, uh, and uh, it was a completely different place almost overnight when they allowed these ideas of the government control of everything to come to the fore. And look how quickly it happened almost overnight. And you, you see how quickly things are changing in our country. You know, what we have to do is we have to learn that we have a diverse population with different opinions and learn how to work together. It just take, for instance, something like energy. Um, there, there, we have great fossil fuels. We've learned how to extract them and use them in a very clean way, the cleanest air and water since measurements have been made. We became energy independent. We're a net exporter of energy. But there's also benefit in having green, renewable energy. Well, the two don't have to uh, be exclusive of each other. You can use what you have to get what you want. You can be working on the green energy while you use your fossil fuels effectively and uh, actually make Europe dependent on us in terms of liquid natural gas so that we don't empower Putin. If we hadn't done that, he wouldn't be invading uh, Ukraine. He wouldn't be doing all these things. There are domino effects to all these things that we're doing sort of as reactive things. Because somebody else did this, we're going to do that. That's not the way that you govern. Dr. Carson, at what point did you become politically interested? Did you decide that you um, wanted to pursue either um, a voice in politics or that you had decided eventually, of course, vying for the nomination in 2016. But was that the first time that you had thought about running for office and being politically active? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, when I'd be in the political arena, I said, you're going to be nuts. I never <laughs> do anything like that. But uh, after I spoke at the 2013 National Prayer Breakfast, uh, everybody was saying, you got to run for president. Every place I went, there were placards, run, Ben, run. I said, if I just ignore these people, they'll go away. But they didn't go away. It got worse and worse. 
I have over 500,000 petitions in my office. I could barely get in there with all the boxes of petitions. And I just finally said, Lord, if you really want me to run, you got to give me all the stuff that, that a person who runs for president has, like an organization and a lot of money and a Rolodex with all the important. Next thing I knew, I had all those things. Our organization was raising more money than the RNC. It was ridiculous. So, you know, I, I went for it. Um, and I learned a lot uh, during that campaign. And a lot of it was really good stuff. Uh, in the smallest little hamlets in North Dakota or Mississippi, we have a lot of people who have common sense. And, uh, you know, this time that we're going through is particularly difficult for them. But I'd say we all have a role to play in salvaging our country. And that means we have to be engaged. We can't just sit around and complain. Dr. Carson, after the 2016 election, when President Trump was putting his cabinet together, there certainly were a lot of people thinking that health and human services would be a tremendous place. If Ben Carson is offered somewhere in the administration, that would be a great one. But instead, it was housing and urban development. Did you ask for that department? Was that offered to you? And then a, a, a secondary part to that question is, how much, if any, did your experience leading that department play into uh, material in this book that you've just written, Created Equal? Uh, well, it, it played a big role in it. Uh, I, had a, I gained a much better understanding of our government, of people call it the swamp. I now call it the cesspool. But uh, we we need to fix it. It is urgent that we fix our government and that we begin to decentralize because uh, all the career people uh, tend to come from the Washington, D.C. area and have Washington, D.C. mentality. And uh, that's why we need to put agencies in different places around the country. There's no reason that they all have to be in Washington, D.C. And that way you have a much more representative uh, base uh, for your government. I noticed, Dr. Carson, that Alveda King, Dr. Alveda King, has written the foreword to your book. Was Did you ask, did she offer, and how much does it mean to have Dr. King write, uh, did, how much did it mean to have her write the foreword to your book? Well, you know, we love Alveda because, uh, you know, she's had a very interesting life. She, she went from being a pretty... Uh, liberal radical <laughs> to a, a real conservative based on things that she experienced in her life. And of course, you know, she had the influence of her uncle and her, her, her dad and really grew up right with in the middle of the civil rights uh, movement and knows a lot about what has happened to our country and about the good and the bad. And uh, I could have thought of no better person to write the forward than her. And you'll you'll notice in the people who endorsed the book, you know, a pretty wide variety of different kinds of people. The book will be available May 17th at all major outlets. It's called Created Equal, The Painful Past, Confusing Present, and Hopeful Future of Race in America, written by Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Carson, is there anything regarding the book we didn't touch on that you would like our listeners to be aware of? Well, there's a lot we could talk all night, but uh, <laughs> the, the main thing is I want people to recognize 
that we, the American people, are not each other's enemies. And we have to use that intellect that we have to make our country successful. As we move into the future, we get to decide do we want to build our future on our past failings or on our past successes. We get to decide that. No one else can decide it for us. Dr. Ben Carson joining us here on The Bottom Line. Dr. Carson, it's been an honor to speak with you. Thank you very much for the time and continued good health to you and yours. Thank you so much. Thanks for being a patriot. Dr. Ben Carson joining us here on The Bottom Line, News Radio 610 KONA. We're going to take a quick time out. Come back with more of the program. The book, Created Equal, The Painful Past, Confusing Present, and Hopeful Future of Race in America, available May 17th at all major retailers and online. 